<laughs> okay. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, I want to I want to begin, and uh, just want to begin by uh, giving thanks to the Lord and His goodness and how He loves um, to draw near and be present with us. And uh, just just grateful that when we come together. Um, we come together in the name of the Lord, and when we do, He makes His presence known to us. And He loves to do that. He loves it when we come together in His name for fellowship, for hearing and responding uh, to His Word, for being open to the presence and ministry of His Spirit in our lives, and um, to be who He has created and redeemed us to be. And... Um, we are we are going through um, a series together during the season of Lent, all about forgiveness, um, the forgiveness that we've received from the Lord Jesus Christ, and the forgiveness that He um, empowers us and equips us and calls us to extend to one another and those around us. And we've been looking at that uh, beginning on Ash Wednesday last Sunday. Um, over the next several Sundays, but also during um, this time of fellowship on Wednesdays at our Linton lunches. And specifically, um, during these Linton lunches, we're going to uh, really look at who the Lord is and who we are, and we're going to um, grow in our calling and capacity to apply the gospel in one another's lives through prayer. We call it spiritual first aid. And you can imagine um, those who know first aid are typically first responders to people who are in need. And the reality is that we all, um, at different times and in different places for a variety of reasons, need the Lord's help. And when we call on the name of the Lord, he always hears and always responds. And oftentimes we need somebody else's help to call on the Lord on our behalf and to help us get into the presence of the Lord and receive all the good things that the Lord has to receive for us, to care for us, to strengthen us, to heal us, to restore us to his image and likeness. And so what we are doing on Sundays and what we are doing on Wednesdays is all working together to help us align to Christ, to grow in Christ's likeness in the way that um, we respond to the difficulties, the trial and the conflict in our own lives and the way that we help others experience his promises and his healing and his forgiveness and reconciliation. So um, I want to just uh, share yesterday... And I, I took a little bit of a secret poll amongst the staff team this morning. And fortunately, not everybody was aware of what was happening. But yesterday, I was all out of sorts and I was super grumpy. And it, it was Tuesday. It wasn't Monday. Right? And um, my wife knew it. From the Lord and from my wife, no secrets are hid. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oops, I'm not supposed to say that. Praise God. But um, I, don't, I don't know if you get in, um, in a place like that or how frequently you do, but I'd come off a, a pretty challenging three weeks um, and 
was up here all weekend and then taught on Sunday and then led the belonging lunch on Sunday afternoon. And at that point, I was pretty peopled out um, in the very best way. Um, I love people, but even 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 people people need some time just to be with the Lord and refresh and fill up. And rather than have a day off uh, on Monday, I got up early and picked up a friend in Round Rock and went to a meeting in Dallas and um, was there uh, till about six thirty and drove home and didn't get home till midnight. So yesterday I was a mess. Let's be honest, I'm always a mess. Yesterday I was especially a mess, <laughs> and. Uh, and I needed, I needed, I needed the Lord, and I needed His promises, and by His grace, that began to came, come last night and uh, this morning. And so, what I want to invite you to do is, as we kind of eat and walk through this together, is just think of times in your life where you need some first aid, where you need the Lord to come to you and uh, and pick you up, help you out. Uh, bandage you up and bring his healing love and grace, his forgiveness, his strength and power, realigning you to him and his purposes for you and giving you a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit that you might enjoy who you are and how he's um, redeemed you to live. So um, I want to begin by just kind of looking at who Jesus is and who we are. And you're, you're welcome to get your your bible out but you don't have to i'm gonna i'm gonna read this to you but i want to invite you to ask the spirit to capture the imagination uh, that god has given you for his purposes to be set on him and things above as you kind of hear a little bit about who jesus is and who we are there's a time in jesus's ministry where um he uh he sees this huge crowd he just stepped off uh, from a boat and he steps onto shore and he sees this huge crowd of people and it says that he immediately had compassion on them. Like his heart got really big. It went out toward them. He, he saw these people and all their various troubles and needs and his heart was filled with compassion for them. That's who Jesus is. And he was compassionate toward them because they were what? They were like sheep. But they were like sheep who didn't have a shepherd. Right? So disconnected sheep. Unprotected sheep. And so what does he do? So he began teaching them many things. Uh, that's Mark six thirty four in Matthew nine thirty six through thirty eight. We hear it this way: When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then, um, after he ministers to them, it says that he turns to his disciples and he says, "The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into these kind of fields." Okay, so let's step back and, and let's look at this scene because there are three things that are really happening here that I think are important for us. They're sheep. What are the sheep like? They're confused. What are they confused about? They're confused about the very same things that you and I are confused about, about, about God, about life, right? They're confused about the difference between a relationship with God and uh, what religion 
is all about and how the gospel is meaning and applicable and relevant to various circumstances and needs and challenges in our everyday living. These these sheep are confused. They're also helpless, right? They they go to the temple and they make sacrifices. They follow all the rules of the Pharisees. They try harder and harder, and yet they they still don't experience everything that the Lord has for them and that Jesus has come to deliver. So can you imagine the sheep? So in the midst of these sheep and all that they're going through, here's Jesus. Okay, and he steps off the boat. And what does he do? He doesn't turn around. He doesn't shake his head. He draws near to them. That's who Jesus is. And doesn't just draw near to them. He begins to speak into their lives. Words of grace, words of truth, words that bless and build up. He talks to them and addresses their confusion. He addresses their weakness. He addresses their troubled hearts. He teaches them many things. My guess is like a good shepherd. He he teaches them what good food really is and lays it out before them. Like a good shepherd, he he teaches them what living water really is and, and, and pours that living water out upon them. I, I, I see him providing emotional comfort. Helping these dear and precious people be filled with the love of God and hope of a relationship and restoration with God. And like a good shepherd, he's, he's helping them sort through, through lies of the enemy about who they are and what life is all about. And he's protecting them with the word. What Jesus is doing with compassion amidst these people is providing some first aid. By applying the good news to their lives. By applying the gospel to their lives. He applies all of the promises of his yet finished life and work to them. And then you have the disciples. After this time of ministry, he turns to the disciples and he says, Hey, this is my translation. I just want to be clear. This is my translation. Jesus turns to the disciples and he says, hey, this is the normative pattern of the kingdom of God. This is what I've come to do. And this is what I'm teaching and training you to do on my behalf, in my place, for my sake. People get harassed and helpless and they become like sheep without a shepherd. And I'm raising up people to love and lead them to do what I have just done today. There is so much need to pray the promises and the provision and the power of God in people's lives to, to, to raise them up into full and abundant life in the presence of the good shepherd. There's so much work to do that I'm, I'm training you and I will train others to shepherd my flock like this for me. Like the disciples get a picture of what gospel ministry is all about. Um, and what we know is that this is a significant part, not only of what Jesus does, how he equips the 12 and the 72 and the 500 
to continue his mission and ministry and the power of his spirit. And that has been passed down to us today. Okay, so here's how it plays out. We have a friend and they're harassed and helpless and they're having a really difficult time. And finally, the Lord moves on their heart, whether they know it or know it or recognize it as the spirit or not. But they finally come to a place where they realize that they need help. And they think in some form or fashion, hey, maybe I should talk to somebody. Okay? And they, and they reach out to you. Right? You know, Martha knows Jesus. You know, Carrie Lee knows Jesus. Right? Um, Dad knows Jesus. Maybe they can help. And they take a really significant risk. And it takes a lot of courage. And they reach out to you or they reach out to me. And the response is, my response is, ah! I really don't know how to help them. What do I do? Right? That little stick figure drama plays out in our lives all the time, if we're honest about it. Um. And, and, and we see, we have compassion on our friend, right? We, and we know what the scripture says, right? That we should bear with them, that we should restore them, that if they would confess their sins, they'd be healed, right? That the Lord has good things for them. But even so, oftentimes, beginning with me, we don't know where to start. We don't know where to start. Y'all feel me? Let's keep looking at who Jesus is and who we are. Uh, I'm going to look at Luke 15 and John 10 and John 14. Luke 15, 4 through 6 says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he's going to joyfully do what? Put it on his shoulders and carry it home. And then call his friends and neighbors, and have a big party. That's who Jesus says the good shepherd is. But he's not just describing who he is. He's describing what it means to love and care and help other people who are harassed and helpless. Okay, here again, what do sheep do? What do sheep do? Okay, for the rest of this talk, the plural of sheep is sheeps. I'm just going to go for it. What do... What do, what, do, what do sheeps do? <laughs> they wander off, right? Prone to wonder, I am. And most of the time, sheep aren't intentionally trying to get in trouble. They're not trying to get entangled or, or astray. But they do something that most of the time they don't intend to do. And they end up confused and stuck and harassed and helpless and in need of someone to come after them. Okay, what do shepherds do? They know sheep, they love sheep, and they don't condemn the sheep. They have compassion on them, right? They have a commitment to the sheep, and so they go after the sheep. It takes time, it takes effort. It's not necessarily convenient, but this is what shepherds do. And they take those sheep and put them on their shoulders and carry them back to the provision and the safety and the comfort of Christ and his flock. It's what Jesus does for us, 
And it's what he calls, equips, commissions, and empowers us to do for his sake. So part of having a connection with Jesus as our good shepherd and part of being his under shepherds for the sake of his flock, partnering with him in his ministry means hearing and recognizing his voice. One of the most significant things that we can do as followers of Jesus is with the help of the Holy Spirit, learn to recognize and hear the voice of the good shepherd. One of the most significant things in our life and one of the most enjoyable and wonderful things that our God extends to us and holds out to us as a precious gift. John um, 10, 4 through 5. After the good shepherd has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. He leads them. He shows them the way. And they follow him. Not each other, but him. Together, they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll actually run from a stranger because they don't know his voice. But they know the voice of the good shepherd. They trust it. And they, they know that when they follow the voice of the good shepherd, good things happen. So we see the heart and the compassion of a shepherd. We see the importance of hearing and recognizing and following the voice of the good shepherd. In John 14, Jesus says this, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you these things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Here's, here's what I'm trying to communicate to us, okay? And before I do, I just want to be really clear that this is not always taught well and that this is sometimes taught in an erroneous manner that has caused some real hurt and damage to our lives, okay? This is a little bit of a, can be a little bit of a, of a confusing and scary thing that I'm about to share with you. But it's not meant to be. It's meant to be life-giving and faith-building and super encouraging. Okay, so that's where I'm going to try and land, right in the middle uh, of what I hear Jesus saying here about the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Word of God is living and active in multiple ways. Okay, the Word was spoken in creation. Okay, God didn't, God didn't write His creation plan out. He spoke it into existence. He didn't didn't draw it up and hand it to the Holy Spirit like a letter or architecture plans and then the Holy Spirit enacted it. The word was spoken and things came into being. We also see in the Old Testament that the word is spoken through God's people, spoken through the prophets for the edification, for the building up, for the protection, for the realignment of God's people to God and to his purposes. The word of God is spoken. Okay, the word of God is also incarnate. 
right? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Why would God do that? So that he could communicate clearly with us in a way that we can see and hear and tangibly put into practice. So the word of God is spoken. The word of God is incarnate. We also see that the word of God is proclaimed. Jesus proclaimed the word when he was the word. Yes. And he also spoke the word. Yes. He preached. Not only that, so did the apostles. So, so is that a significant part of how the, the spirit of God is activating the word of God in the life of his church today. The word of God is spoken. The word of God is incarnate. The word of God is proclaimed. The word of God is planted. Yeah? The word of God, when, when it is spoken and proclaimed, it's meant to fall on the good soil of our hearts. And when it does, it's like a seed that takes root and bears lots of good fruit for our joy, the fulfillment of Jesus's joy in our lives and the glory of the Father. Okay, the word of God is spoken, incarnate, proclaimed, planted, and the word of God is written. Scripture contains all things necessary for our life and our salvation. It's good for building up, for warning, for correcting, for realigning. And and as followers of Jesus with grace, we have a very high value of the authority of Scripture in our lives. But, But what we also want to see is that the Word of God is brought up and illuminated and reminded to us by the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. He's for you. He's with you. And the Father is going to send him in the name of Jesus to teach you these things and remind you of everything that Jesus has said. So the Spirit of God is illuminating the Word of God spoken, the Word of God incarnate, the Word of God proclaimed, the Word of God planted, the Word of God written, bringing it up, making it alive and effective for our salvation, for our faith, and for every way that God uses the word to align us to Christ, our good shepherd, and who he created and redeemed us to be. Okay? And so what I'm trying to say here is that we're both sheep and shepherds. But before we can shepherd anybody well, uh, we first need to connect with Jesus as his sheep. Sheep first. Tweet that. <laughs> okay? And, and, and what, what that means is that we need to have a comprehensive biblical understanding of the Word of God. But we also need to have some, some guardrails, some boundaries, some parameters for knowing how to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and recognizing that it's Him and not the evil one, and not a stranger, right? So here's, here, here are those guidelines, okay? Um, the voice of the good shepherd will always be consistent with the character of God, okay? 
This is not always true in my house because kids make up stuff to get their siblings to do things that they want them to do for their own benefit, even if it's not true. And when that plays out in my house, I hear this one refrain all the time. Dad didn't say that. That's right, because that would be inconsistent of dad's character. He would not tell you to do that, right? Knowing the character of God is important to knowing the voice of the good shepherd. The second is scripture. The good shepherd is always going to speak consistently with the written word. Right? And, and here's the thing. Um, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll project our doubts, we'll project our fears, we'll project our insecurities and all of our relational conflict and drama on the word and think that it says something that it doesn't really say because... Uh, we want to justify our will rather than really yield to the will of God and experience the goodness of his because it's just scary. Right? This happens um, recently. Uh, I got a letter. Right? And that letter basically said, yeah, they didn't want to come. Um, and I read that letter and I'm like, gosh, they don't want to come. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really sad about that. And then I shared that letter with somebody else and like, yeah, that's not what the letter said. That's not what the letter said at all. What the letter said is that they want to come, but they don't see a clear way right now, but they're going to come even if it's a little later than planned. You see how that works? Um, The good shepherd is always going to speak in a manner that's consistent with the word of God. And oftentimes... We need other people to help us really hear, mark, learn, inwardly digest, and and hear that clearly. And finally, the Good Shepherd is always going to speak consistently with who he has created and redeemed you to be in Christ. One of my favorite ways to clearly understand that is this handout that's on your table. Y'all, this is who you are in Christ, and all the scriptures that support your identity in Christ. Um, And so this is how you're going to hear the voice of the good shepherd, because this is who he is and who you are and how he's going to speak to you to live into the abundant life that he's lived, died and rose that you can experience on a daily basis. Okay. That's all great. Let's try it. I want to spend the next 17 minutes practicing hearing the voice of our good shepherd. Now, here's what I want to make sure that I do. I want to make sure that this is a safe place for y'all to do that. Okay? So I just want to be really clear. You do not have to engage this exercise. Okay? Um, You can take those scriptures and you can just pray right through those and I promise you it won't hurt. I just want you to know that this is a safe place and you are free to respond to God in the next 17 minutes, however is most comfortable for you. But if you do uh, want to go through this exercise, I'm going to do my best to very graciously uh, lead you into the presence of the Good Shepherd um, with the help of the Holy Spirit in a way that you could actually hear him speak to your heart right now. Okay? So you're free to chill, you're free to engage. Um, 
I'm going to just walk you through several scriptures and have you uh, ask Jesus three questions. Okay? And uh, here's the first. And you can close your eyes. You can keep your eyes open. I do want to encourage you, if it helps you to hear and respond well, you can write down words, phrases, what you hear, pictures. But Hebrews 4 says that we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. James says we can come near to God and he will come near to us. So I just want to invite you to take a deep breath and begin just to think, can I come into the presence of God right now? You feel near? Do you feel far? How do you respond to those promises? And in your time and in your own words, I want to encourage you in the silence of your heart to ask Jesus this question. Jesus, will you show me who you are and what it looks like to be near you? What is the good shepherd saying to you? You might hear him speak a verse of scripture over you. It might be a feeling. It could be a word. It could be an image. Jesus, show me who you are and what it looks like for me to be near you. If you need to camp out there, you're welcome to. If you want to take another step. The Lord is your shepherd. And he promises that you have everything that you need in him. He renews your strength. He guides you along right paths. All that your life might bring honor to his name. And even when you walk in scary places and through difficult circumstances, that you do not need to be afraid because the Lord is a good shepherd and he's close beside you to protect you and to comfort you. The good shepherd says, come to me when you're weary 
and are carrying heavy burdens. And I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to teach you from a humble, gentle, compassionate heart so that your souls will truly find rest in me. Are there things that you're worried about or weary from or in any way need of the Lord's presence and provision? You trust the Lord to help you. The second question I want to invite you to ask Jesus directly. Jesus, show me where you are in this and what you want me to know about you in the midst of this situation. If you need to camp out there, you're welcome to stay. If you want to take another step, I want to invite you to do so. God's word through the prophet Zephaniah says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness, with his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. There's a time in Jesus's earthly ministry when the 72 disciples returned and they were so happy to report to him, you know, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And Jesus says, you know, that's right. They do. But don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is in the book of life. Your name is registered in heaven, that you belong to me and nothing can separate you from your, my love for you. And that you are more than a conqueror in me. And we usually stop right there, but it goes on to say immediately afterwards, at the same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Why? He says to the Father, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for revealing these things to those who are like a child, who have faith that is childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do this. 
the Lord delights in you with gladness. He is pleased with you in his love. He'll calm your feelings. He rejoices over you with joyful songs. He is so glad when you trust who he is and who you have become in Christ. So what is Jesus celebrating in your life right now? What is God just proud of you for? as his dear and precious daughter in Christ, as his dear and precious son in Christ. What about your life right now is bringing delight to God? How's he rejoicing over you? What's he singing over you? Third question, Jesus, will you show me what makes you so happy? Will you show me how happy you are with me? And so, good shepherd, I ask that those things that you have spoken that have come from you would take root and that by your spirit you would nourish them and grow them, that they would grow the fruit of your presence in our lives. And anything that was not from you, Lord, that you would take away and that we would remember it no more. We thank you, Lord, that you are our good shepherd who speaks to us for our good, for our joy and for your glory. Amen. Okay. Just a moment of um, feedback. If you're comfortable sharing out loud, how was that for y'all? Kind of what happened? Say again. A renewal of your mind. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And and keep asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand how that reflects God's character and how that's consistent with the word and what he's trying to remind you about who he is and who you are. Cool. Pictures and images. The Lord does that. What else?
Thank you, Jesus. Certainly sounds like him, doesn't it? <laughs> Cynthia? Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Y'all, I want to encourage you to begin to incorporate talking directly to Jesus in your times of personal devotion. And um, use this list of your identity, your redemptive identity in Christ to guide you through some questions, some scripture and some questions in your own time of, of personal devotion. And, um, and to even begin to practice this with one another. I mean, this is, this is how we learn. This is how we grow with God's help in his word. This is how we encounter Jesus as our good shepherd. And I really want to encourage you to begin just to take the next step from what we did today to, uh, to practice that and to encourage one another in that. Um, next Wednesday, we'll come back. And in addition to looking at the good shepherd, we're also going to look at the good vine. And we're going to begin to look at, okay, when things come up, how do we sort through those things in a way that those things in our life that are not from God are not good fruit, we can get those out of our lives because as the good gardener, he can prune those things off his vine. And then how those things that are from God and of his spirit can bear more fruit in our lives. Um, we'll be looking at that next Wednesday. So I encourage you to come back and uh, feel free to invite um, someone to come with you. Um, two more minutes and then we're going to be spot on with our time. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're welcome, Kathy. And thank God, because um, I promise you I need this as much, if not more than anybody else in the room, <laughs> right? And so I'm really thankful to the Lord because he's given me the privilege of walking us through this together. And he's really using this to build me up and, um, and grow my relationship and my confidence in the Lord, too. So I'm grateful with you. It's good, it's good to be the, the family of Christ on mission together. And y'all, this is just, as we as we would say in football, this is just blocking and tackling, right? This is just, this is just the basic fundamentals of following Jesus, right? And um, it never hurts to spend uh, some time or a season just going back to the basics, right? Every football team has to do it. Um, and as a family, that's just kind of what we're doing this season of Lent, just going back to the basics of hearing from God um, and being right. Uh, with him so that then we can turn um, and take the love that we've received from him and apply that to other people, um, especially um, when our relationships get a little entangled. Any other questions?
Yes, one more. <laughs> he was saying that football coaches, like they take the players and make them do things they don't necessarily want to do so that they can go out there and do what they want to do. Mm, well like said. Talking about spiritual disciplines that, you know. Yeah, well said. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, Jesus is our coach. Um, today I got to be offensive coordinator. <laughs> how about How about that? Um, I want to uh, encourage you to give a special thanks before you leave um, to at least uh, Janie and Martha and anybody else that helped prepare food, um, Kathy. And also, um, if anybody would like to provide uh, a crock pot or a pot of soup for one of the next three Wednesdays, if you please see Yvonne and sign up for that. And um, we're on time. Have an awesome rest of your day, and I'll see you Sunday.